0: Los Angeles, you see it at night and it shines, a beacon, people are drawn to it, people and other things, come for all sorts of reasons, my reason,
1: no surprise there, it started with a girl. Continuous Play Podcast and The Art of Slaying present... Path to Redemption, An Angel Retrospective. Leading the investigation are Brian.
0: Can everybody just notice how much fire I'm not on?
1: And Jay. I will never trust you again. The trust is gone. These case reviews will be spoiler-filled and hypothesis-driven as we track the winding path of the vampire with a soul on his search for atonement. You know, there's a lot of people in this city need help. You You game.
0: This is Path to Redemption, an angel retrospective. I'm Jay. And I'm Brian. And today we're discussing Season 1, Episode 20, Warzone, Episode 21, Blind Date, and Episode 22, Tashanshu in LA, written by Gary Campbell, Janine Renshaw, and David Greenwald. When Angel tracks down a millionaire's blackmailer, he finds a group of who protect the streets from vampires led by an angry and strong young man named Gunn. Gunn loses his sister to vampires in all the fray, but he and Angel are able to form a mutually beneficial alliance, giving Angel investigations a powerful ally on the streets. Lindsay helps Angel break into Wolfram and Hart to prevent a blind assassin from carrying out her deadly mission to kill some children. While Angel's in Wolfram and Hart, he comes across a skull uh, to which he feels a weird connection. So, of course, he steals it. And after Angel thwarts the assassin, retribution is demanded by brass at Wolfram and Hart. But surprisingly, Lindsay's offered a promotion, which he accepts. Wolfram and Hart decide to raise a powerful warrior demon to sever Angel's connections to the powers that be. And then using an incantation from an ancient scroll that Angel stole from Wolfram and Hart, the evil law firm raises an even more powerful adversary. But with the scroll back in Angel's possession, Wesley translates an ominous prophecy concerning an unnamed vampire with a soul who will play a pivotal part in the apocalypse. The prophecy further indicates that Angel may be able to become human after fulfilling his destiny. And after Angel thwarts more uh, of Wolfram and Hart's Intense and even cuts off Lindsay's hand. Uh, he's able to walk away, but the powers that be are no more, and Wolfram and Hart raised Darla from the dead as the season ends. And wow, what a way to go out, Brian. I mean season one ends in a in a flurry
1: with these three episodes. It sure does and uh, it, it brings back one of my favorite characters of this series and that is Darla. Um of course she was v- vanquished in episode 1 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and uh, only really been used as flashbacks up till now but uh it, yeah. based on what we have at the end she may become a major player in this series.
0: Oh for sure and I mean you know she she was killed off in season or season 1 like you said episode 7 and I was, you know, one of, I think when we, if you go back and listen to the Art of Slaying podcast, we both really liked the Angel episode. That was one of my favorites of the season for sure. And I, uh, I always liked Darla. Every time they brought her back, I thought Julie Benz, you know, stole the scene. She does great. And so the fact that they want to bring her. Uh, to be a part of uh, this series now and what they do with her on this series is is pretty amazing Um, but you know she's sort of teased that happens at the end there's a lot to go through before we get there and you talk about Darla being one of your favorites one of my favorite characters of this series all the way around is Charles Gunn, and we get to meet him right out of the gate here in uh, Warzone. And I mean, I like Gunn so much that I used one of his lines for the intro of the show. You know, the trust yeah. is gone. <laughs> I mean, I love this guy. He's just he's he's streetwise. He's tough, but he's also just awesome in so many different ways.
1: Yeah, I, I remember when we first got Gun 2 and being excited about him. And, you know, I really do like where his character goes in the rest of the series. So I agree with you. He's one of the better characters that they bring up um, in the series. So uh, I, I actually forgot that he came already into play in season one. So that's where my memory was. So that's pretty cool to see him here. I was actually quite surprised we got that right away.
0: And, so, and the sp- awesome. The story is Joss Whedon wanted another guy in the group that was a a real contrast to Angel and Wesley, like someone that was totally different from them, and so they conceived this character of Charles Gunn, this guy that you know he was he was a streetwise guy, but he fought vampires. and And Tim Minear talked about the idea of having a guy that was on the streets that. You know, could hang with the Vamps and and was just as tough and all of that was uh, just really interesting. I think that, you know it's neat to hear about these writers talking about these characters and it's it's you know they write the main characters and they enjoy that and stuff, but it's always like the side ones that the writers really get off on. Like writing for Faith is a lot of fun, you know, and then writing Gun is a lot of fun and you get people that like him. So I. I, I forgot he came in in season one too, uh, or as well, but I thought that was, was fantastic to get him right out of the
1: gate here. And I mean, it's a great opening too. I mean, they, they don't waste any time. No, they really don't. And I think they're really trying to set you up for the next season here in these last three episodes. And I think they do a darn good job. We establish that uh, Wolfram and Hart is, is really the big bad that we're going to be fighting throughout this series. And we establish a new member of the gang who hasn't quite joined yet, but yeah. will be in the future. And, you know, we established Darla at the end of this too. So... <laughs> I think it's kind of cool. Um, I really like the episodes we had here, too. I really like the character development on Lindsay. Uh, Just Mm -hmm. when you think he's got a change of heart, and he kind of does, then it goes black again. And I really thought that was cool.
0: Well, what you have to know about Lindsay is that he's always into uh, upward mobility. You know, he's never going to not. Take the shortcut to get uh, where he wants to go, and even like when he's presented with every opportunity to, you know, go down the right path, uh, they're able to lure him back in. And I mean, I I had forgotten sort of what his. Um, fate was here i mean I, I think i remembered like how he came back on the show it was kind of strange and i wasn't really sure how that you know rounded about to season five but i remember like he, he faced some sort of weird end here and i love that you know they've got the smarmy other guy that's been hanging around with him and and lila right yeah and uh somebody's gonna have to take the fall for the way this whole you know blind assassin situation goes down and um You think it's going to be one of them and it turns out to be no, it's going to be the the smarmy guy, you know, and then they and they offered Lindsay the promotion, you know, and it's like that's that's a whole thing about like if evil if evil is a corporation, it's never going to let real talent walk out the door. And I think that's the thing is like Lindsay's so good and he's so driven because he came from nothing and he had to you know work his way up from the bottom and he's you know he's got this drive that even when the the little bit of good starts to creep out of him it's like they they go straight dark Jedi on him as much as they can and go oh oh what you want the corner office no problem man.
1: Yeah, and I really like uh, the, the main boss in, in that episode, too. Uh, what's his name? Holland Manners, was... Manners, man. Holland Manners. Oh, That's yeah.
0: It. He's oh. awesome. Yeah.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. Talk about playing a guy with absolutely no empathy, no soul, no <laughs> yeah. nothing. He does it perfectly and i love the episode and i you know i forgot his whole character arc as well when they, when he was packing up the office i thought they were going to terminate him yeah <laughs> instead of moving him up upstairs into a higher uh, position but uh what a great what a great character he is too so there's a lot of really good characters that have have played out in this season and he, he's just one of those who just has no heart and is the blackest soul you look into his eyes and you see nothing and it's just awesome
0: Exactly. And I mean we, we're starting to turn the corner. Like you said, you know, Angel is structured a little differently and they try to set up season two with the end of the the seasons as they go. And they'll do this throughout the show up until the end, as they're always setting up what's coming next. Unlike Buffy that, you know, ended an arc with the end of every season with the exception of season four, with the weird cheese man dreams and all that, <laughs> everything else ended with, with an end, you know, like we, we knew what was ending. It was a, it was on a gravestone. Sometimes it was Buffy dead. It was, you know, all kinds of things, right? The master dead, whatever angels, you know, dead and she moves on. I'm trying to I'm run through them in like random order here, but I mean, really that's, that's, what the Buffy show is structured as. And I like the fact that the angel show is different. It, it's going to end its arc in episode 21, really. And then episode 22 sort of sets up everything going forward. And you can see that like the arc of season one really does end at the end of, of episode 21. It, it's the, that chance you in LA business is the one that really sets up everything that honestly is going to happen till the end of that show.
1: Um, well yeah I agree with you i mean se- uh episode twenty two they they get rid of the powers that be yeah, um you know that's a big thing I mean you don't just do that at the end of a a season you you but they do and they set it up for the next season. Um I like that. I thought it was kind of cool. Um what did you think about the David character in uh episode 20 uh oh, Warzone! I I love this guy. Okay?
0: Oh, Cuz oh, I want to tell you great? why I want to tell you why I like him, okay? I like this guy because I am a big Office Space fan and he yeah, played yeah. Michael Bolton in that and I loved it like the You know, they've kind of hinted around at the fact that they, these people have to take like normal private investigator jobs sometimes to pay the bills. And what comes of it is that he's like super rich. And of course, Cordelia's trying to hobnob with the, you know, the big wigs and stuff. And he has no idea like what's out there. And what they find out is, you know, he, he, what is he doing? He's seeing like um, demon hookers or something. I don't know. They take pictures of him uh, <laughs> right. with Polaroids of no less. I'm like, well, what a quaint moment. You know, we don't have those anymore. Well, it's got to
1: be Polaroids, otherwise they may have the extra film. It's like, yeah, film when that existed.
0: Right, <laughs> this is a long time ago. But no, I I thought he was he was fun because he's going to come back later. Like what you learn in in season two and really kind of going forward. The Angel Show. Um, they relocate their headquarters to an old burned out hotel, and he basically helps them buy it in a lot of ways, you know. Which is because he's an investment. Well, he's a he's a tech genius, but he's also an investment guy, and so you know they they he's going to be part of the bankroll. And I thought he was neat. I mean, it was neat to have a nerdy guy that they could. Pal around with and um and what's funny is Cordelia like I can learn to love him you
1: know? <laughs> right, for his money yeah <laughs> yeah I really like the part the scene where where they're sitting there and it's dark and there's this robed figure walking in the office and it turns out it's him in his in his uh, Dungeons and, uh, was it uh, Dungeons and Dragons dungeons and, and Dragons yeah. outfit <laughs> hilarious hey guys you want to hang <laughs> yeah exactly yeah he just
0: he was he's the, he he has friends now you know and I, I again I thought this guy was fun I I had. Yeah. A good time with
1: him i did um, too i really liked that it was a good good use of a, a comedic character in the episode where we're introducing gun and and the underworld of the vampire fighters and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. what do you think of the scene where uh gun confronts his sister and uh-huh. has to kind of basically kill her off uh you know how heartbreaking is that but shows that he will do what's right when he has to do what's right too well i mean that's the code
0: of the street is you are, are you going to be able to to do this when everything's on the line and you know that's the that's the thing he was most interested in protecting was her all this time and she still turns into a damn vampire right so of course he's got to take her down and i liked how he does it and he does it kind of coldly and it lets you know something about gun is that he can be really dark and really cold when he needs to be. It's one of my favorite things about that character because it's not, it's not an edge that he ever loses throughout the series, even with what they do with him in Season 5, which I mostly hate. But I, he still has this cold edge to him. He's like, a, he's like a knife in a lot of ways. And I like that because he's, he's a different kind of fighter because he's, he's totally human. Like He has no super abilities. He's just tough. Right. And his streetwise experience are what have brought him to where he is. And at the most crucial moment, he has to, you know, make the ultimate sacrifice.
1: It shows that he's willing to do it. That's what
0: I, I took from it.
1: And I think that's important too, because up until this point, when you look at the group, you know Gun, we we know Gun's going to become part of this group. Uh, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched this before, but <laughs> uh, Gun is becoming part of Angel Investigations. And up until this point, you have Wesley and Cordelia. And honestly, if Angelus were to ever really come back. I don't know that either of those two can emotionally separate themselves from him to take him out. Mm-hmm. Now you have a character who's going to join the group who has no problem doing that. And they establish that right away. And I think that's good for the uh, group.
0: No, I completely agree. I think you hit the nail on the head. That is also the role Gun plays is that he has no history with any of these people. Mm-hmm. So he has no problem pulling the trigger when he has to. And the fact that we see him do that to his sister lets us know that, hey, he could do that if he needs to. Uh, and I can't remember, Brian. do him and Angel ever really have a good fight on the show? I'm sure they they must
1: somewhere along the way. I'm pretty sure they do. Uh, right around season three, when Angelus returns. That's right. Yeah, when they bring Angelus back for that good run against the Beast thing or whatever. So yeah, yeah. So that that I think is coming down. So it, it's good. I really like the Gun character so far of what we got with him, and he's going to evolve into one of the better characters on the show for sure. Let's talk about the uh, the blind. The blind lady who uh, they're going after in Blind Date here. The killer assassin uh, lady. I I thought this was a cool
0: character. Come to find out, this is Eliza Dushku's stunt double, and she also doubled for like Cordelia, but this woman's like famous for being a stunt double and being a stunt performer. And they just thought, I mean, when I first saw her, I was like, she looks like Eliza. Yeah. <laughs> I was, well, that's and, the same thing. Yeah. And and I think they'd seen her do so much work, especially with those um Faith episodes, that they're like, We gotta give this woman something to do. And so they wrote this part For her, they had the blind assassin, but they didn't like have it worked out. And they're like, we should just let her do it because she's, she's totally got this down. I mean, she's, I thought she was great. She's, I mean, it's, it's really mostly a throwaway because that's really the B story of what's going on, oddly enough. But she's so fun to watch and she's such a good martial artist that I dug it.
1: I liked it too, and I really liked the, the background they gave her. You know, she she didn't go blind until she was in her 20s, and she did it to herself because she wanted to become one of those people who can see without being able to see, you know, see, see with uh, their senses. Is that what
0: that meth um, person did recently? It was like all over my Twitter <laughs> feed, by the way? Cause, I mean, not to make fun of it, but I mean, that's the same thing. It's like, wow, that's not a good yeah, idea. I don't, so.
1: I don't know, but I thought it was kind of a cool background that they gave her. Um, she's basically, yeah, the Wolfman Hart assassin mm-hmm. takes care of things that so they need to get taken care of. And she's sympathetic because she's blind, right? Mm-hmm. I love I love the fact that they have the court uh, trial. And as Lindsay's explaining how she's blind, she couldn't do anything. Uh, Angel comes in and throws something at her, I believe her glasses. And she just reaches up and catches them, And yet yeah. he still gets her off.
0: <laughs> exactly right. I mean, but that shows you how how much of a slime ball these uh, <laughs> these lawyers really are. But I I liked that. I mean, I Jennifer Badger Martin is the woman's name. We should mention her by name. She's such a neat performer and and does like sly things with her with her smile and then also just the way that she engages everything. That I I mean I again I dig it. I I thought that whole idea was was well executed and a ton of fun. Uh, and again, yeah, for for something either. that is is really a throwaway story because what they're trying to advance is that Wolfram and Hart has big plans for Lindsay, even though Lindsay is you know somebody's trying to bring him back over to the good side and there's good left in him, that Holland Man or some bitch, and and all the you know the hooks that Wolfram and Hart have in him, they're gonna be able to bring him you know fully over to the dark side. Which is funny because in oh, the end, do. Lindsay ends up making the fight for good in the very end of the show. And In season five, of course, he gets shot for it. But, I mean, he he ends up being an ally in the end. But this is when he goes full enemy with Angel for a while.
1: It just goes to show
0: there's always good left in there. And there's always bad. <laughs> and, and money talks, too. That's that's what it also shows because they give him the corner office. And it's like, yeah, okay, I think I'll hang out with you fellas. So...
1: <laughs> yeah that was a great a great scene but too, i mean the fact that this woman's gonna he, he was about to leave yeah. and all of a sudden you <laughs> you, feel, you feel like he's leaving and, and walking out and he closes the door and oh, i like this uh, desk
0: well i know. mean l- leave yeah. run My for his life here. i mean he had a lot of things picks up <laughs> the
1: phone he has his own secretary I
0: mean it was pretty I cool don't. i mean nowadays i you know that you wouldn't have an office. You have cubes and everybody's in an open area. You know, it's a different world that we live in now, but back in that corporate world, that, uh, that was different for old Lindsay. But no, again, the assassin here is, I think her name's Vanessa is the way it goes. She's, um, the fact she's trying to kill some kids is kind of dark too. And I'll say this too, for a, a show that doesn't have the largest budget, the way they do like her assassin vision and stuff like that is kind of daredevilish and all that. I liked that. What did you make out of that?
1: Oh, I liked it, too. I mean, there was really the only way they could do it because she has to go based on heat or, or cold sensors, right? right? Um, and she can see that way. And I like how they had Angel be able to fight her by just basically holding still because he doesn't have to breathe. Mm-hmm. Remember, he's a vampire. He doesn't have to make any movements and then he can sneak up and get her while she's not ready. And I, I did. I dig that. I thought that was a really good way to do it. And I do like that they really put some thought into it to show Angel as a cold body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and not a heat heat Yeah, center. it's like a predator so. vision and all that kind of stuff. I th- I did, I like that. I thought it was a nice touch. So
0: again, for a show that doesn't have any money, they they found a way to get that done and make it look good. So yeah,
1: I thought it was pretty good myself as yeah, well.
0: So but that that episode again, it it's all hinging on the fact that Wolfram hart has got a lot that they want to try to do with Lindsay and and this is sort of his coming over to the, the dark side, if you will.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. The The final episode of the season and uh, the two Shanshu in L.A. Basically, Shanshu is a, a what a ancient priest or demon no, that comes no, in it's, there. No, it's
0: a word that can mean live or die or life or death. And, okay. and it's a play on, a, on an old uh, 80s crime noir film called To Live and Die in L.A. Uh, and if you've never seen it, I recommend it. It's not the greatest like crime film ever, but it's really compelling. It's it's neat and it's it's a it's a dark story. It's pretty cool. But the idea is all centered around this mysterious prophecy that this angel or the, this vampire with a soul is going to play this pivotal role in the apocalypse, and he might be able to regain his humanity once he's performed his all of his big purpose. And of course, we think this is about angel, right? That's the idea, and. You know, but the the question is, whose side is he going to be on in the apocalypse? And that's
1: something. And he's going to die. Yeah.
0: And they're going to play with that from now until the very end. And I'm told if you read the comic books, even beyond that, uh, but they, but that, <laughs> which I have not and never played into because what I've read about them sounds absolutely horrible. But they, they play with this forever. And that's the hook of a, of an episodic TV show, right? I mean, the getting there, it, that's the fun. It it's it's not in the actual arrival cuz once you arrive most of the time it's eh, it's not really that uh satisfying.
1: Yeah, I mean, how many apocalypses have we had? Dom? Well, I mean, yeah, Angel's seen like what, two? <laughs> he tried to bring one about. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep, so. so I I every 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 season, it's an apocalypse coming at the end, whatever. But I liked the the kind of the story here. I like the fact that you had this uh, super demon who comes in to kind of perform the ritual to bring about the apocalypse or bring demons to the forefront or whatever. And he has to go into the powers that be. And the powers that be uh, have always been to me kind of weird characters, right? They're very... um, non-emotional but also almost like irritated all the time yeah. right and, and you're not supposed to be here you're not allowed to enter our yet route. there's
0: never any so, repercussions well, well, for well, doing he's here
1: so. <laughs> <laughs> right and he's he's here what are you gonna freaking do just well admonish it, if, him? if i'm not
0: wrong <laughs> the last time we saw them was when he asked him to turn back time and let him be a superhero again and you know buffy couldn't remember the one day they spent together but he would always remember right. right so so we hadn't even seen it i had forgotten about these characters i was like oh these people are still here and then the fact that they kill them i'm like well good because that was really annoying i mean it's kind of like the anointed one yeah. and when spike finally threw him into Very the true. sun i was like thank goodness i'm done with this now
1: yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure is very happy, too, because now she won't get those damn splitting headaches. Well,
0: yeah, that's the other thing, too. And I'm going to say this, like, of all the cool things they do in these three episodes, then friggin' waste Cordelia for three episodes. Like, she basically has a bad headache and is damsel in distress and wondering if she can love a nerd the whole time. I'm like this. That's that's kind of well, yeah, bad. And,
1: yeah, spends half an episode in a hospital because she's freaking out because yeah. she's seeing every bad thing that's happening in the yeah, world. It's I'd, which I mean I'm sure is traumatic as hell. Well, but sure,
0: so. but I mean again they they couldn't find out find anything better to do with her. I mean I know I sound like I'm just this huge
1: Cordelia fan or whatever. Well, but it's, seriously, it's it's I think the point is that Angel has to do this on his own. Yeah, and they take away his his support except for isn't God.
0: that isn't but that kind of yeah. always the story though is that angel knows no matter what happens and we talked about this early on is he is going to outlive everyone he loves he
1: knows that well, that's so he has to that's he has true to come to but terms with it,
0: you know
1: that's true but just like buffy the difference with with angel is that he uses uh or he he needs his friends to help right or he He chooses doesn't do it he chooses that well yeah he chooses to have friends to help right he he doesn't do it on his own so when he's forced to do it on his own can he perform that's the question they're trying to answer Mm -hmm. here and you know the question the answer is yes but um you know it shows the emotional bond that he has with those people those two friends those those you know He's got a, a true attachment to them that it's hurting him to see them get hurt and now he must make it right. Right. I don't know. I think it's kind of it, cool.
0: it's good, but again, I, I do think that they don't have anything to do with her, and so they just kind of stick her to the side for a while. I mean, that happened on Buffy too. They they didn't know what to do with Xander sometimes, or what to do with Willow, or, sure. or not, not so much Willow because she became such a pivotal part of everything. But like, particularly Xander, we talked about it in the seventh season of Buffy. Like sometimes he was just sort of there. Like when they poked his eye out, they finally <laughs> gave him something to do. You know, but right. you know he kind of got his crap together, and he wasn't very interesting anymore. That was that was the problem with Xander, is When he was a loser, he was much more interesting. But when he stopped being Vampire's yeah. butt monkey, that was it. You know, or Dracula's. But anyway, so little we'll throwback to season five. Buffy. If y'all, if y'all haven't seen Buffy versus Dracula recently, by the way, just going to throw this out there. That That is unintentionally much more funnier than it needs to be. Go watch that episode. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I rewatched that recently on a complete whim, and I was like, I'd laugh the whole time. I was like, this is freaking awesome. So um, uh, anyway.
1: <laughs> tangent. Yeah. Hey, man, this um, whole podcast uh, over- has been eight years of a tangent, man. So I mean, come on. <laughs> so true so yeah. true now i i like how they did all this stuff and I, I, obviously in the end um angel is able to overcome uh the 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 massive demon monster and uh you know, what a lame monster stop yeah well true well he, they make him out to be such a big tough guy and then th- then at the end he's like uh that's it yeah. <laughs> okay but uh you know the he he stops the apocalypse once again it's like, well why don't we just let the apocalypse happen for us, see what it is? <laughs> <laughs> but no, he, he thwarts it again and is able to get Wesley well enough to in cant, uh, d- or to read the uh, inscription that will save Cordelia. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, yeah, yeah, I like that, though. it gives Wesley more things
0: to do. It's what you realize is that Wesley is now going to be the more active Giles type character.
1: You know. Exactly, he's the he's the researcher and he is the knowledge mm-hmm. base, yeah. um, which is good. It's a good thing for his character and and really what a watch should do. Yeah, so, yeah I mean, He's uh, I, in I some ways him. he's Angel's watcher, if you will. Oh, yeah. It's hard to believe that he's a badass sometimes. It, it is,
0: know? but I want to tell you in season two and particularly season three and four, they they sell you on that and you learn to believe it, and it it's pretty effective. There's uh, the way that their arc ends is pretty. Tragic because they have like the falling out of all falling outs where they <laughs> Angel basically tries to smother him because he's so pissed at him at one point. But um, anyway, I, I don't know. I I like Wesley. I've always liked Wesley. I thought his dynamic on the show brought an energy that it desperately needed. And uh, the fact that they give him a, an important thing to do here. And he's not just there to get his
1: ass kicked and read some books. I enjoy I do too I like Wesley as well and yes he he definitely right now you look at him and you're like there's no way this guy's a badass you're right in seasons two and three they're gonna establish that he he is a badass and, and that's a good thing um, for his character because he can't just be the nerdy guy the whole time uh, they got other people for that like David
0: <laughs> well who, so. who only makes a few appearances here and there he never becomes a regular but um,
1: well of course not but yeah. it, it's good yeah enough. it's when you need that comment,
0: when you need comment relief, and you also need someone to explain, how do they afford all of this? Because like, <laughs> sure. someone they're not bringing in
1: a whole lot of so, cash. Well,
0: you know, they talked about that on Buffy all the time, but they never really explained it. We we even talked <laughs> about like there's a lot of ways they could have just fixed that easily, but they decided to leave it as a thing. And I'm like, I you know, again, the salary from the Double Meat Palace was not going to pay the mortgage on that ranch. I'm I'm it's just not.
1: And neither is a librarian. No, salary.
0: but so, but apparently the Watchers' <laughs> the salary was pretty good. In Giles' invested, they make pretty good money. And I Giles guess. Invested, yeah. Invested. I don't know. Uh, but but anyway, <laughs> another tangent. But I mean, really, that, I mean, they, they actually find a a pile of cash in season two, just buried in a wall somewhere. <laughs> Look, that's con- the convenient funding is always good, but. Hey, the government does it all the time. You never time. know what's in
1: those. You never know what's in those old abandoned hotels,
0: especially falls. ones with raci- racist uh, history. So,
1: all sorts of weird history. Exactly. Yes.
0: Well, it was California, man.
1: So what do you expect? So you know
0: this, uh, but anyway, season one though ends with the cliffhanger of cliffhangers. And of course, it's Darla, right? And immediately, I'm like, "Holy cow!" They brought her back. What are they going to do with this? And what we find out in, in season two, she actually comes back as human, and we learn something that's kind of sad about Darla. Before she became a vampire, she was dying of syphilis. I mean, that sucks. I mean, that sounds yeah. like gosh. I mean, this poor, you know, this incredible badass like really pathetic you know and then they, they wor- worked at as an angle though to they break up the group angel goes really dark they bring drusilla back which is awesome and i mean that show gets really messed up uh, in season two by the way things are going
1: it does and and it's awesome and i agree i like lo- you know we get to learn so much good fun stuff as the series goes on with all these flashbacks which i think that's my favorite part of this angel series is all the flashbacks to the to the early days of uh what was it the 1700s that uh, well, I mean, they were roaming yeah,
0: the 1700s through the really the you know the early 1900s i think it was or something like that so like you see his yeah. whole arc as an evil vampire before you and you see his fall and redemption too
1: Absolutely. Uh, it's one of the things I really love about the Angel series, and especially when the next two seasons come around, because the next two seasons are by far the best oh, yeah. ones of this series. Uh, they kind of fall off the rails for four, and they they kind of come back for five, but it's really a weird, well, it's, fi- it's fi- a weird five season. Well, five is a season that
0: is hampered by the fact that they pushed and wanted to make sure they were going to get renewed, got told they were not going to get renewed, and not only that, they had to bring on another, you know, expensive male character in Spike coming back on the show. And then... And Harmony. Yeah, and Well, I don't think they were paying her that much. <laughs> but they also sit pretty well locked him in the office. I mean, it was sort of a... It was a, yeah. it was a lame season. That ends pretty cool because they come up with a really interesting ending. But uh otherwise, it was... Uh, Yeah, it it peters out. But now seasons two and three, some of the best television ever. And I mean, I'm going to say this, too. I know you, you we've talked about it for hours. You're a fan of season six of Buffy. I never really was. Season seven was more of a recovery for me, but neither one of us would consider those as good as Buffy ever got. Angel during that time was as good as it ever got and was awesome. And I remember like going, you know, I really don't care what happens on Buffy this week. I'm much more interested in what happens on Angel because they bring in like a baby and Connor and all this stuff. And I, you know, I'm one of those people that, uh, I, The more I watched it, um, kind of like with Dawn when we rewatched, you know, season five of Buffy, I really liked that character and really got to enjoy her. I I never really totally hated Connor, but I really liked him later on watching it. So, uh, I mean, I know we're way off the reservation on talking about season one, but just going forward, I mean, that's some of the coolest stuff that they introduced. Because, and I don't understand this personally, Brian, but I can imagine it. And you're being a you know three times a father. Anything worse you can imagine than losing one of your children and and then to twist that by having that child come back and absolutely hate your guts and try to murder you for no. four years. <laughs> I mean, right? th- yeah, that's oh. about as twisted and dark as you can get.
1: It's pretty sad. Um, and it's a, it is a cool, interesting story. And I think Connor um, – as a character uh, has a lot of good things about him, but they sometimes twist him into ways that makes you just go. When
0: they have him start making out with Cordy, that's when I started drawing lines too, but that's season four. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Season four goes way off the rails. Uh, Can we just say
0: now worst way to hide a staff pregnancy ever is what they do with her in season four.
1: I think that's fair. (laughs) I think that's fair as well.
0: Well, Brian, I mean, I know we've kind of run through them, but I think we've covered the the topics pretty well and talked about the big pieces. So let's do episode ratings for the last three of Angel Season 1.
1: Well, I mean, this is... As good as it gets for Angel Angel Season 1. Episode 20, Warzone. Episode 21, Blind Date. And episode 22, To Chi with you. I'm going to give 20 and 21 uh, easily four stakes. Those were just phenomenal episodes. 22, I think, is a little the weakest of the bunch, but it's still really good. I'm giving it four stakes as well. So all three episodes coming out of here are four stakes. I believe... Jay, and correct me if I'm wrong, that means that the two Faith episodes through these episodes, that would be five, four-stake episodes in a row. I think
0: that's right. Yeah, for you, for sure. I'm not going to completely agree with your ratings, though, for mine. Um, I think Warzone and Blind Date are great episodes, but they're not the best things. They're not as good as the Faith ones for me, so those are three stakes for me. But the last one, I love that episode. I love Toshanshu in L.A. I think it it sets up everything, and it's just a great... (sighs) thesis statement for what this show's gonna be and uh, I give it full four stakes and uh, I mean again I think the first season of Angel is kind of like the first season of Buffy it's just longer. It's just, It takes it a while for them to really figure out what they've got and about halfway through they figure it out because they get Wesley on there and then when they bring Faith on is when it really hits its stride and I'll say now seasons two and three of Angel are fantastic. Uh, season four goes off the rails and season five sort of corrects it and has a it has a rather satisfying ending and has some fun episodes along the way, but it also has some really stupid ones where Angel's on a friggin' submarine and all, I don't know. They don't know. <laughs> but the puppet one, the is puppet it, one is- rules. So...
1: Isn't it funny how uh, it parallels with Buffy? Yes. Season one takes a little while to get going. Once it does, it's good. Season two and three are the best of the series. And season four goes off the freaking rails.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And it's, and Josh it's, it's was bizarre. involved in season four's both times. So it's all his <laughs> fault. And Marty was involved in season five on this show. So we could blame her for all of that. So, um, but <laughs> and it's so, yeah, I will I will miss um Marty Knox and puns. We hadn't had any this season.
1: <laughs> we so. had fun with those on the buffies. <laughs> we sure did. We man. did. Um <laughs> so we sure did. Well, good old Marty. Mm-hmm. Time to sex it up Knox. So,
0: t- you know she's still out there working, man. So, she's still doing stuff. So
1: Hey. So good, good for her. Good work man. if you good can get her. it, baby.
0: So that's what I said.
1: <laughs> All right. But, you know, we're going off on this tangent here because we're ending this this podcast and we're ending this series. So we're not going to be able to get together and talk about that. And I think uh, that's one of the things that we just, uh, you know, we love this show. And it's not that we don't want to, we don't love the show. It's just that we just can't do this anymore. We can't do it to the level that we did with the Buffy uh, series. And that's kind of why we're calling it an end on this. It's just... Gotten to be hard to find the passion to make it as good as we did before, well, and I think you and I—we've talked about it over and over again. We changed the format to try and and spice it up a little bit with the block format. We we did all that kind of stuff, and you know, I think the format works. I, I like the format. It's just not the same, and uh, you know, we both have busy lives, and it's hard to really get into the mode that we had when we were doing the buffy series
0: yeah and i mean i I, and i want to make it clear too that there's no acrimony between us or anything like that a lot of podcasts you end that way it it became pretty clear at the end of last year that film strip had kind of run its course and we ended up having enough stuff to go for a couple of months um in into 2018 but i was pretty sure that was done anyway and and the more I got to thinking about it, I just talked to Brian. And I said, "What do you What do you think about Path to Redemption?" And I'll never forget what you said to me. You are like, eh, "I'm not really feeling it." Are you? <laughs> and I think that's that's true. I mean, we as much fun as as this is, and we both will say it. Love this show, and and love rewatching it. But the energy and time it takes to rewatch it and then analyze it and try to come up with something interesting to say about it. And we're talking about a show, by the way, that hasn't been on the air in almost 20 years now that it's there's just just not there anymore. And those three small kids you once had are growing up to be almost teenagers, one of them now. And you got more to do. I got more to do. And it just we don't want to do a bad show. And I we both were afraid eventually this podcast was going to suck. And we just refused for it to do that. So. Well,
1: and uh, you know, and I'll admit too, you you said it. My 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 oldest is is ten. He's going on eleven years old now. Um, he's busy with sports and all sorts of things that you just forget about when they're little. And uh, it's taken up a lot of my time. And when I started to slip on release dates, I mean, we had these episodes for the most part recorded and ready to go um, ahead of time, at least a couple of weeks in advance of when we were releasing these things. So it's not like we didn't have them and they weren't there and I couldn't just go to the web and put them out. I just... I, I forget. I I forgot to release the episode and 3 days later I get a message on Facebook, you know, "Hey, wh- when's the next episode coming out?" and I'd be like, "Oh crap," you know? It, it, that kind of stuff bothered me um because uh, if I'm forgetting, it's not important enough and and that I don't want to be the case. So, I think, you know, for me it was it was getting hard to to be motivated to keep on top of things. Um, there's just so much stuff going on uh, with everything else around me, with my family, with, with, you got a lot of things going on with your, your wife and your family and your job. And it just got to be one of those points where, where I don't think we could give it everything we had anymore. Like we did with the, the buffy series and as sad as that is because i really wish we could have gotten through um all five seasons um we're looking at two to three years from now (laughs) before we'd be done and i'm sorry it's just i can't commit to that at this point yeah and,
0: and i didn't want to commit to it knowing that neither one of us again were fully into it you know and and um and like I said, we just realized that we weren't going to be able to give this as much attention as we wanted to. And neither one of us had the energy for it anymore. And I'm going to be honest with you, eight years of podcasting, I never thought we'd make it four, you know? So the fact that we made yeah. it eight and that, you know, every week or so, it seems like somebody finds the art of slaying, you know, and starts listening to it. I think it's great that people are still into it. And I'm glad it's there. You know, I, I'm enjoy it. Uh, I, I thank you for all your support. It was a ton of fun to do, but it's always fun. To, I mean, Brian and I talk every day, you know, so we're, that's not going to end or anything. But like going through the process of podcasting and all that, it's just not where it is. And let's be honest. When we started doing this, I mean, podcasts were still kind of new, you know. I mean, there were a lot of them, but there weren't a million of them. Now, yeah. the space is incredibly flooded and... We're not in a position and also just not of the temperament to do a lot of the things that it seems like podcasts want to do these days to get themselves over. And it kind of goes against everything we started the show for. And, (laughs) you know, we, we're just, we decided, honestly, you know what, I'd rather go out with good memories and everything being, you know, the same than to not. So, you know, we, we know that disappoints a lot of folks and, I appreciate that, uh, but honestly, I mean, this is really just a life thing. Again, when we started this. Uh, Brian had uh, two small kids, and we both had good jobs, but those have turned into careers with more responsibilities. And now Brian has three kids, uh, you know, and so it's it's just a different life, and we're at a different place than we were in our early 30s, uh, which makes me sound like a real old fogey. But I mean, that's just the truth, man. I mean, yes. I mean, it's, it's, yeah it's just where we are
1: so, yeah well, I can't believe it. when when we started this I was just into my thirties now I'm almost out of it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: I was in mine, and I have seen my forties and have lapped it at this point so i'm I'm in my forties now, and um, but you know I gotta say though man it it's been it's been a complete blast, like this whole thing, and I said a lot of it on the end of the film strip show, but um. This has been so much fun, and so much more fun than I thought it would be. Especially, I mean, you've heard the story of the artist's leg. The way that started, I didn't think we were ever going to be able to do it. Like it did, it didn't work. So, yeah. so and having to reboot that, and then go back, and all the cool stuff we've been able to do, and. Um, Watch because of it I've thoroughly enjoyed So I You know And that wouldn't have happened If you hadn't been there And been such a willing partner too So again Just thanks to you For uh, all the energy And drive And effort you put into These shows through the years It's been an absolute pleasure
1: it has, and I'm 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 proud of what we've done. I'm going to try and find a way to keep that stuff up there, and at least the Art of Slaying stuff. Um, I know we're going to take the, the film strip stuff down, um, but I'm going to try to find a way to keep the Art of Slaying stuff at least available on iTunes um, if I can. Uh, but uh, either way, I'll find a way to get it to people if they want it um, somehow. But um, the the website will go down Uh, when when it's renewal time um, and things like that so we'll try and figure out something here but I know that um, our 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 server goes down in what a week so this will be out there for a week hope you enjoy it if I can get it cut
0: (laughs) yeah but though again again Brian this this has been absolutely fun and and it's it's always fun to do this but it's really fun because we've had a great community of people that have followed us for a long time. I I had an interaction on Twitter with, with a listener that has listened to our shows from the very beginning all the way, which blows my mind. And I'm like, that is awesome. So I, there's a lot of people out there like that. And I just, that, uh, that just makes me smile because I know you've been entertained and that's what we did this for anyway. It's I wanted you to have something to be entertained. Brian and I started these podcasts because we couldn't find one we liked and and we thought we could do it better. And the hubris
1: of that led us here
0: eight years later.
1: It did. And, uh, you know, I'm glad we had, we had a lot of competition at the beginning. I think there were, probably three or four other Buffy podcasts going on at the same time, but I do want to say we made it all the way through where some of them fell apart, Um, and we're very proud of that, and we were hoping to do the same with Angel. It's not going to happen, but we thank you for coming along with us on this season one ride because uh, it's been a blast, and and I wish we had the time to, to keep it going, but that's the way it is, man. Yeah, man,
0: it's, it's just how it is. But it's good to end on this note, like I say, and, I, and I'm happy that we're ending here. And I think it'll be, it be a good memory for everybody. So again, it's it's been a lot of fun, and just say thanks again to to everyone. It's it's a humbling experience too when you put yourself out there and you wonder what are people going to say. And it's been overwhelmingly positive all the way. So um, as we kind of hang up the mics here. Um, You know, I don't have any intentions of coming back to podcasting anytime soon. But you know, never say never, as they say. You never know what'll happen in a a few years. But um, you know, for now, though, this is this is kind of it, and I'm glad of what's out there. I I echo what you said. I'm proud of it.
1: Yeah, and I I have an itch to do something else. I don't know what that'll be or when it'll be. Um we'll see. I I really enjoy doing this kind of stuff and if I can find the time sometime down the road I might come back and do something probably wrestling related if I do anything mm-hmm. cuz that's my number one passion other than music um is wrestling. Yeah. So and
0: and we'll that's see. how we met. You know, too, you were doing that Absolutely. show and I was doing a sports show and traded ads on blog talk radio before they sold out and you know and <laughs> remember that
1: <So. laughs> when internet radio so wow out. Yeah, yes i remember that yeah, well So, um it was a fun time you know, we you know yeah that's exactly how it happened too mm-hmm. i remember you uh sending an email mr sensible i believe that,
0: that was that was my time. email handle and it, it that's an inside yeah. joke for people that know me but yeah it's
1: it's phenomenal you know. and uh yeah it's been ever since we, we struck up a friendship and talked wrestling for a long time. We found out we both played music, wrote music. We started writing music together. Then we found out we were both Angel and Buffy fans. And so, shit, why not start this? Well, well that actually uh, started
0: because crazy. We, I was telling you, hey, check out this podcast. And you're like, yeah, this one sucked. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> you think we could do a better one? And hey, it took a yeah. while, but we, we finally got it together. I hope to hear your voices on the airwaves doing something again. I, you know, I was a fan of yours before you, uh, we worked together on this stuff. So it, I, I've said before and I'll say it again. I like to listen and I listen to a lot of podcasts as it is. And I have enjoyed over the last month of, uh, you know, since the film strip show ended of being able to just listen to podcasts again and not think, what would I say? And every time that thought pops in my head, I'm like, I don't care. So <laughs> nah. I don't have anything to say anymore. And that's been kind of fun. So I, I've enjoyed that.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a nice break, I, I will admit. Um, uh, who knows what will happen in the future? Mm-hmm. We may come down the road in, in six or seven years and be like, we should do a podcast. Exactly. Uh, hey, from the retirement knows. home. <laughs> I got lots of time on
0: my hands Especially, now. Well, I mean, if you believe what some people believe about the government, we won't even be here in five years. So, you know, who knows? Well, so,
1: well, we won't welcome go from
0: our our Chinese internment camps as we do <laughs> our next podcast. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah, who, who knows? But uh, for now, this is this is goodbye. And um, I'm glad we're doing goodbye on a laugh, though. I think that's the important part. Is it's not sad, and I felt like filmstrip went out with a. Real bang with Black Panther. It was an awesome movie to end on. Put in another plug. If you haven't seen that, folks, you need to see it. It's a lot of fun. Just for a, I don't even care if you don't like Marvel movies. This is a good action movie. Go see that movie. Um, and to end on that, and then to end on a real bang with Angel here like this, like at least the season doesn't end in a dud. We don't end up with somebody yeah, in the no heavens, doubt. pregnant with a demon baby, or working at a law firm yeah. like that. <laughs> at least we we those are those are all things that happen on Angel. By the way. So um, we, <laughs> yeah, joys. we did avoid Keep that, watching, or we folks. didn't get buried at the bottom of the sea too. That's also a very cool thing that happens. Mm. But uh, yes, but yeah, we, we end in a better place. And uh, again,
1: I, I'm I'm thankful for having done it. Me too. All right, Jay. Well, that's gonna do it for us, man. It's time to sign off for the last time. Yeah. So thank you for joining us on this episode
0: of Path to Redemption. And once again, we appreciate all of your support. For Brian, I'm Jay. So long
1: thank you for listening to path to redemption and angel retrospective you can find more episodes at our website continuousplaypodcast.com angel is the copyright of fox television studios and discussion of characters episodes or music strictly for entertainment purposes only